0: gladsome light of the holy glory of the immortal Father, heavenly holy blessed Jesus Christ, now that we have come to the setting of the sun, and behold the light of evening, we praise God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, for me, it is at all times to worship you with voices of praise, O Son of God and Giver of life. Therefore, all the world glorifies me. We're back with another episode of Enacting the Kingdom, and today we're talking about the, uh, the liturgical participation that happens at the portion of Vespers where we sing O oh, some Light. So how do we liturgically enact this? What does it look like in church? What's the priest doing? What's the presbyter doing? What's the deacon doing? What's the bishop doing if he's there? What are the people doing? What are the singers doing? What's everybody doing in this moment? Uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today. So welcome, Father Jeffrey, and I think we should just get right into it. Uh, I think last uh, couple of episodes ago, I asked about that idea that at the Divine Liturgy, when you have that little entrance that happens, um, that can be tied back to actually actually entering the church uh, for the first time his- historically, and, and that is almost one of the beginnings of the service. Um, and in in vespers i think it's a bit different there is an evening entrance but it's not necessarily a beginning the same way that it might be seen in the divine liturgy is that right
1: yeah so we spoke about the fact that over time this is particularly uh, about the the city or cathedral practice of, of vespers but the the service developed as a series of processions, a series of movements uh, from you know, one part of the church or even from different um, you know, local buildings. I mean, the nun Egeria we'd spoken of went to Jerusalem and she observed the kind of stational aspect of of the evening service and some of the holy sites would have been visited on on their way to, to the church but but essentially it would take place within the structure of the church and there'd be a series of processions with uh, collect prayers and 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 so forth at, you know psalms and and, and litanies and, and collect prayers at each stage and it would climax in in this kind of moment that we've been talking about with the, the fosse ilaron the, the the lighting of that evening light and singing to to God's glory and so forth. But the entrance that would be associated with that then would be the entrance of, say, the senior hierarch or senior cleric. Um, so the, this would be the point at which if, if the bishop wasn't present, he would now be present. He would enter, you know, at, at this point. Mm-hmm. So the entrance points to the entrance of of that person. Everyone else is presumed to have been there. even if you were doing this stationally or processionally, you know, through, through the church uh, to that point. And that's still reflected, you know, if you do have um, a bishop present or an abbot or, or or someone that that, that this, if this is a great Vespers service, a festal Vespers, you know, the, the, that person who's kind of in the background, you know, to that point would potentially vest and, and make an appearance and, and often in, in, vespers where a bishop is present the, the bishop will be at his throne at that point and mm-hmm. and the procession will be made um you know in and around that highlighting you know his presence presiding at the service and you'll then make a, a kind of disappearance thereafter only to reappear if it's a vigil you know for things like the uh the polioleus and, and and other kind of high moments of the service the the bishop isn't presiding throughout in the way that you know, he would, for example, at a divine liturgy. So, yeah, there's some aspect of, of entrance, you know, connected to that. Um, but there's also, I mean, it's the entrance with, with the censer at a normal Vespers, entrance with the gospel book, if it's going to be uh, a, a Vespers at which, you know, New Testament readings, you know, and the, like the epistle and gospel for for a divine liturgy to follow would be at. So th- there are different connotations and meanings of, of that entrance. But, uh, but yeah, in, in, in its origin, it points to the fact that this is the, the point that Egeria in, in, you know, fourth century Jerusalem would have noted the bishop arrives, right? And he wasn't there throughout, but he is there at this moment in the service.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, we talked a little bit about light last time and the turning on of light, the turning off of light. Um, so we could obviously talk a little bit about that if we would like, but maybe let's focus on the action, the, the liturgical actions of uh, a pre, uh, a presbyter and maybe a deacon. And uh, so just for some context on what's happening with them, uh, right before this, the chanters and the readers are finishing up with the lamplighting psalms and hymns, and then the deacon and the presbyter uh, Have a censer with them and they actually process outside of the altar and stand either in front of the holy doors or in front of the, um, uh, or farther out if they'd want to do a bigger entrance. And then there's a prayer that they say. um, Would it be worth, Father Jeffrey, to actually read the prayer?
1: I think so. I think it's one of the key themes of this entire moment it's expressed in in the words of of this prayer so let me read that for you so this is I mean technically done you know at the point of of that entrance although often done you know just before um so that the priest doesn't have to carry his service book with him but um the, the, the this is what the, the, the prayer of the entrance is. And it's analogous to the prayer of the entrance, which invokes the angels, for example, at, at the divine liturgy at the, at the little entrance. But mm-hmm. so the deacon will say, let us pray to the Lord. And the presbyter responds, in the evening, in the morning and at noonday. So again, this expression of time and the passing of, of, of light and, and dark throughout the day and so forth. We praise you, we bless you, we give thanks to you. We pray to you, O master of all, Lord, friend of man, direct our prayer as incense before you. So invoking not only the sensing that had taken place and that evening incense that had been referred to in the Psalms, but also the fact that the deacon himself is holding a censer at this moment. Um, Incline not our hearts unto words or thoughts of evil, but deliver us from all who seek after our souls. So there's a direct reference to all of the, the psalmody we've just sung in and, and, and chanted in those lamp-lighting psalms, right? The deliverance from those who seek after our souls. This is the ongoing experience of the faithful people of God. They need to be delivered from the temptations, the traps, the miseries, the sufferings of the world. Um, For unto you, Lord, O Lord, do we lift up our eyes, and in you, have we hoped? So, this is what I mean is the kind of key theme here. We, what, what is the Fossilaron, the, the gladsome light, the lighting of this light in the midst of, of the, the people, of the covenant, of the worshiping community of God? What is this all about? It's all about where we put our eyes, it's all about where our focus is, right? Because we've said before that, you know, there's this great. Weep of creation is, is the backdrop to this. There's an awful lot of places we could be putting our eyes. Um, and we bring all of our different stories and, and struggles and everything, and we try to wrap those in the peace of God, you know, by, by bringing those with us into, into the, the worshiping community and into this return to the temple. And we try to bring our hearts and minds, our deep inner selves into, you know, union with that too, through the kind of meditative moment of, of, the, of the sitting psalms, the Kathismata. And then you know, we, we, we recall our move from the darkness into the light, from isolation into community and so forth. Well, ultimately, what is this climax in is putting our eyes The entirety of our focus, of our minds, our hearts, our bodies, our lives on God himself. That's the point of having the light in the midst of of the church. It's That's where our eyes should be, right? So unto you, Lord, O Lord, do we lift up our eyes. In you we have hoped. Put us not to shame, O our God. For unto you are due all glory, honor, and worship to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever and unto ages of ages. So this this is a prayer of focus. This is a prayer of singular attention, of of precisely the place where everything in our lives should be directed, right? So no longer Scattered and spread out and everything. In, in, in one way, the entirety of the Orthodox spiritual tradition is about this. If you go and you read, you know, the, the neptic fathers, the spiritual fathers, they, it's all about the fact that our, our, our eyes, the eyes of our soul, the, the noose, uh, you know, are, it's scattered. Now, that thing that's supposed to be doing this, worshipping God in a unique and singular way, that, that focus is is spread out over all of creation, over all of the things of this world. That's what creates idolatry. We put all of these things in place of God. We're supposed to be devoted in in a unique and and focused way to the worship of God, and yet we we worship everything else. We, We put creation in the place of God. Creation becomes an idol, something unto itself, rather than the opportunity to bring everything and every one, you know, back into into its proper focus and, and union with God. Well, this is what this moment is all about. All of creation stops and turns and focuses on the light that is the revelation of God. You know, in the midst, the singular attention which we're called uh, to give. And so, the the the, the, the dramatic or, or liturgical uh, action of of entering into the center of the church. Remember, we said too before at the end of the the lamp lighting psalms, the 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 doxasticon or the the the, the hymn that, that ends that whole series of interspersed stanzas on the psalms uh, is meant to be done by the two antiphonal choirs coming down from the Kleros and joining together in the center of the church. And so they're in the center of the church and that's where Fosse La will be sung. Everybody gathered together in the middle around the central chandelier that is lit or in all the light that is that is manifest there, the deacon and the presbyter have entered into that very same space with the censer. So the evening worship is being directed towards God. This prayer is focusing our attention on that. Everything is kind of coming together in one place, just like the psalmist imagined, right? That he's moved from the isolation back into that glorious, warm, lit temple of God, where what happens? All the nations of the world are going to be noticing that the God of Israel is the God of all creation, the one who, who loves and cares and is drawing all things towards himself. I mean, that's how powerful this moment is. And it's in that context that we hear you know, this beautiful, gladsome light uh, hymn being sung, which is a hymn of, of creation, of praise, of giving glory to God about the full manifestation of God in Trinity, uh, in the incarnation—all of that is wrapped up into this moment of of of, of climax, as you've said before, of of, of the, the service. Of, we've ascended the mountain, and here is the transfiguring, uncreated light of of God revealed to us. Mm-hmm.
0: We're going to continue talking about the this evening entrance and a some light the way it's done at a, let's say Saturday evening or a festal Vespers uh, service. Um, but then after we're done that, I'd actually like to go back and talk a little bit about how it's done in a little Vespers service. Cause it is quite different. But um, before we get there, I do want to continue with the regular festal and uh, Saturday evening uh, Vespers rubric. So at the moment, so the priest says this prayer, all the focus is is right there. Uh, he gives a, um, you know, he says, uh, blessed is the entrance of your holy ones, always now and ever and unto the ages of ages. The deacon uh, does a bit of sensing, says wisdom, let us attend, which I believe when the deacon says wisdom, let us attend, you, it, it— um it could just be like, pay attention. Now is the time to actually focus. Your mind might be elsewhere, but if if it's not clear enough from the prayer that the presbyter just said, let's just say, let us attend or stand upright or pay attention. Yeah, well, um, is that a right way of understanding yeah.
1: that? And, and literally it is stand upright, right? So there have there have been, um, you know, different ways that that's been rendered and, and people have sort of thought, well, that maybe the, the, the real intention of that is to get people to attend. And there is a let us attend, right? The, the, in in the Greek that we, we find in other parts of the service, like for for before a reading, for example, we say wisdom, and the reading is announced, we say let us attend. So that's the pay attention. But here it literally is stand upright, right? So orthi, which of course is part of the word orthodox, right? So um, it's about, you know, what is the posture of, doxology of glory, of giving glory. Doxology literally means a word of glory, a word of worship, right? Or or an expression of worship, logos and doxa. Um, So in order to be in a place of doxology, of that union of word and glory, that is what is happening here. It's the best way of expressing how climactic a moment this is. We are entering into doxology. The only way to be Dox is to be ortho, <laughs> to be standing, to be mm-hmm. to be present in that fullness of attention that is the 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 standing again of resurrection, right? Uh, the Anastasis of which is to, to the Greek word for resurrection means to stand again, to be mm-hmm. to be erect and and present in God's glorious presence, to be fully there, right? There's that beautiful uh, episode in the Gospels of the, the woman who was bent over. Right. Uh, and, and she'd been so for, for 18 years, uh, just bent double and could barely move. And yet she's there in the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And it implies she's there every Saturday. And our Lord sees her and he says to her, you know, Orthi, stand upright. And she does. And, and what does she immediately do? She gives glory to God. So I always picture that moment of, you know, Sophia the wisdom, stand upright, as we're all in that position of that woman, bent double. And that, that was the experience of the psalmist, right? In the wilderness, in the cave, in isolation, was being bent double in, in pain, in fear, in isolation, in separation from the community. But having been brought back to the community, we are commanded here to stand upright, and to give glory, right? So what happens in this moment is exactly what happens in the gospel with that woman. Stand upright, she does, and immediately she gives glory to God, dhoksa. So, you know, if it had been the evening, she would have been singing Fossilaron, you can imagine, right? It's it's mm-hmm. that powerful uh, a kind of uh, expression. You don't, don't just let it pass over you and kind of think of it as some kind of, you know, meaningless uh, instruction or something or some some sort of mere calling to attention. It is so powerful because it calls us in this community to be standing upright again, to stand in the power and glory of the resurrection, to give glory to the one who is our, the one we singularly focus on, as I said.
0: The podcast you're listening to reflects only the public half of the overall project of enacting the kingdom. Father Jeffrey and I actively post new episodes on our completely separate private podcast. This private space gives us the freedom to debate and discuss open and sometimes controversial questions regarding the Orthodox faith amongst a smaller and more dedicated audience. If you become a patron now, you'll get immediate access to our growing backlog of private episodes, including a discussion on the ordination of women and the coronavirus multiple spoon controversy. To get access to this private podcast, go to pryingpriest.com. Looking forward to having you join our growing community on Patreon. Now back to the show. Yeah, so if I'm picking up what you're putting down, if I am a congregant at the, at the service, I, you know, at this point, if I'm not already standing, you know, if I'm, you know, comfortably able to actually stand, um, then when there is this wisdom, let us attend, that is now is the time to really pay attention. And, and we're almost shifting, you're, you're shifting ways of experiencing the service because we just went through a whole bunch of psalmody. Right, which I, I think has a bit of a different um, expectation of how you're to experience that flowing through you.
1: Well, we we said that I mean in the earlier part of the samadhi, the meditative, there is a a posture of sitting, even you know, with a kind of interiorization and uh, and a, an attentiveness that comes from being you know wrapped in this this moment of of meditation and contemplation, and then you could imagine that you know through the the psalmody of the the psalms, psalms, uh, the the evening psalms, that there's a sense in which you know we're, we're called to be standing at that moment, but it's it's not like the the full erect posture of shoulders back and head held high and, and 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 standing in God's glory. Certainly not until towards the end of that, because each of those psalms has this movement. So you can imagine maybe that's a, a moment where you're standing, but in a in a, in a posture somewhat of. Of repentance, or of you know, of of almost movement, because they are they're they're journeying psalms. One of them is even a a psalm of ascent. And you know, when you're climbing the mountain, you know you you can't do that with your shoulders back, right? You'll fall backwards and and off the mountain if you do that. To to climb means to hunch forward, right? Because you're you're in motion, right? You you've got that posture of 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 exertion, I would say right? But now you're no longer exerting. Now it's orthi, stand upright, shoulders back, head held high. And I think, you know, you mentioned if you're able, right? Well, I think there's something that everyone can do, even if you are, you know, in there in a wheelchair or with a walker or whatever, there's there's some movement, even physically in your posture that you can do, whether it's putting your shoulders back, holding your head up, um, that, to represent You know, this is a different posture now because we are now in that place where God's light is revealed and we are together standing shoulder to shoulder, basking in the glory that he sheds abroad on us and through us to all of the world. Right. And so you can't you can't do this the same thing you were doing before. Right. So. There's been an entrance, right, and that symbolically, you know, might be the, you know, the the bishop is coming in, or whoever, or it's just the the censor, the gospel book, or but but ultimately, the the one who has entered now is God Himself, because the light is there, and in a few moments, the peace that only God can give, the shalom of God, is going to be announced, and it's in that moment that we. We have to recognize what, what's going on. It would be, imagine, you know, in a kind of secular sense, you know, the, there's a room of people milling about, it's a reception or whatever, but then, you know, the queen enters, right? People are going to do something different. They're going to turn. They're going to, you know, maybe stand up straight. They're going to, you know, put their arms by their sides where, where they might have been gesturing to one another in conversation or whatever. Something happens, something tangible across a whole room with that entrance. And that's what we're asking you know, to happen here by this Sophia or the wisdom stand upright.
0: So the keen observer will notice that the little entrance at the divine liturgy and the entrance here at Vespers, the presbyter does something a little different. So in the context of a divine liturgy, the presbyter will go up, venerate the icon of Christ and the Virgin Mary and give a blessing. But at the, at the Vespers, he will simply enter the altar. Would you be able to explain that difference, Father Jeffrey, and maybe some of its significance?
1: Um, Right. So
0: are are people being uh, cheated out of a blessing at Vespers?
1: (laughs) Well, the ultimate blessing at both services, I would say, you you need to to bear in mind, is what's going to happen immediately after, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's this giving of the peace that is really you know, crucial here. Um, the You could argue that what's happening in a divine liturgy, because the entrance is slightly more, you know, formalized and ritualized in the sense that you could have other altar attendance servers who are coming out in the divine liturgy. They're carrying, you know, uh, the likes of you know, fans and uh, tapers or candles and so forth and so it depending on how many people you have in the procession there's a whole lot of people kind of arrayed um, you know, in the Divine liturgy and the blessing that's that's given is partly to sort of dismiss them and they can then return you know to to their places um, you know in w- within the altar area and so forth and and that's that's not happening in the same way in in, in Vespers um, I mean no reason you you couldn't, but but typically we have an entrance of, of deacon and, and presbyter um, at that point, and so uh, what both of these entrances are, though are leading up to is an actual giving of of the peace, the real blessing. The people and, and the whole congregation, the whole assembled community, is awaiting is that blessing of the peace, which is to follow. A few short moments after the entrance, in both cases, but you know, I'd say, you know, ritually, the you know the the blessing uh, of the people that you have in uh, the divine liturgy um, is it's about this kind of. Tr- Signaling to the, the 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 attendants who have come on, on the procession that their their moment of of procession is over, they can now return to uh, to the altar area. So, the, I think from the people's perspective, the real blessing is yet to come. Right. So, although yes, yeah, the yeah. priest makes that gesture, it's it's not the fullness of what's going to come with the the shalom, the the irini, the peace that is about to be given.
0: So, the full movement of the presbyter and the deacon from being outside the altar. So they start. Um, before the altar. They start in front of the altar table. They process around the altar table. They come out into the nave. They will, depending on the church you go to, sometimes they'll just stand right at the royal door. Sometimes they'll come out a little bit. Um, The prayer is done. The the deacon says, wisdom, let us attend. And then, oh, gladsome light is sung by the singers or or the choir. And the presbyter and the deacon process into the altar, but they don't finish where they started in front of the altar they actually go to the back and could we talk a little bit about the significance of moving to the back and then turning to face the people i know you've talked a bit about it but maybe we could just get right into that explicit uh offering the peace and all that kind of stuff
1: sure uh i mean this is the in, in the very earliest you know church there's reference to to this happening in in christian worship this Gather you know, captures everybody's attention anybody who describes early church worship they, they may miss out on other things that we see today as as important but they all refer to this the that in christian worship whether it's the divine liturgy or whether it's liturgy of the hour services like vespers there is this moment at which you know so no matter what's happening in the whole service, everyone is kind of facing together in in one direction, offering prayer and sacrifice uh, towards God. But there's a moment at which the presiding person in that community, you know, whether it's assumed to be the bishop where the bishop's present or his representative in the presbyter when he's not, uh, it could be the abbot in in a monastery, uh, at that moment that person turns and faces the community, and in that moment, it's assumed to be the presence of God Himself, God the Father, who who is in that posture towards us. The, it's the the bridegroom with the church or the worshiping community as the bride. It's you know the, the God the Father turning towards his his created you know people and offering from the fullness of who He is this tremendous word of peace, of irini, of shalom. And, uh, you know, as I say, the, the very earliest commentators on on Christian worship all point out how significant, you know, this is. They all remark upon uh, this moment. It's It's a key and climactic moment. Today, it, it maybe just gets passed over, or we just sort of, oh, well, yeah, yeah, we hear that often enough in our services. We don't realize just how tremendous, you know, a moment, you know, that is. And so, uh, ultimately, this is the whole purpose. This is the telos, the the goal, the purpose of everything being revealed to us. We've already referred to it earlier as kind of the destination by, by having that opening litany of peace, where we said that, you know, the whole point of gathering together was to, that in peace we would pray to the Lord, right? Uh, and with the peace from above that we would, we would go forth in, into this moment. Well, now here revealed is that peace from above, that shalom of God that is the climax and culmination of, of all things. Here is the new heaven and the new earth, which can be expressed no better than through that word, shalom.
0: Before we uh, take it to the conclusion, um, I think that that part of Vespers, where the where the presbyter turns around and says, peace be unto all, is often not on people's radar at all as an important part of the service. And, and one of the reasons I think that is is because the presbyter will often just say, peace be unto all, as if it's just another part of mm-hmm. kind of the dialogue. Um, there's no emphasis on on it musically there's it's also very hard to necessarily make a nice melismatic melody with the word peace it's just it's very short Hmm. um so yeah i'm not necessarily asking for you to (laughs) comment on that or anything but yeah it 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 really flows under the radar
1: yeah well everything kind of gets evened out a little bit right um and i don't know what more you could do as you say it's it's not a matter necessarily of of making it a whole long composition <laughs> melismatically or anything like that i mean the, the very fact that you know the, the presbyter or the bishop if if he's there you know is fully vested at that point the lights are all on and it's one of those unique moments when uh, that presiding you know person, the proistaminos, is actually facing the people. I mean, so there's, there's a lot that, that kind of points to this being important, right? So I suppose as long as people are attuned to what's going on, and as long as the person who's actually speaking those words isn't just kind of doing it in a casual or offhanded way, uh, there's every possibility that this will be seen still as, yeah, this is important, right? So um, so I yeah, we could we could maybe draw a little bit more attention to it by just be mindful of of how important it is but uh but yeah it it it, it's hard to kind of recapture maybe some of the sense that the early church had about you know how important this is that god's peace is being you know offered peace is um you know the it's the expectation of, of israel you know they they didn't know peace they craved peace they desired and longed for peace to you know in in all of, of, of human history, peace is this really elusive quality. And we're not we're not just talking about peace as an absence of war here. We're talking about this this wholeness of being, this 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 fulfillment and human flourishing of of everything being well, like what was articulated at the beginning of the service, this well-ordered creation where even the chaotic waters obey God and everything has its place. This is the peace we're talking about. And you know, to this day, you know, you probably know. I mean, Jews will greet one another with, with that greeting. You know, that is their normal way of greeting, shalom, right? And, uh, you know, maybe we need to recapture some of that longing, you know, for that. And so that when we hear it in the service, that shalom is given to us from God, from above, from the end, to now and we can begin to participate here and now in in what is the peace of God then we will maybe see that as a little bit more important than than as you say the kind of offhanded way that we pass over it very quickly or you know that's just what the the, the 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 presbyter says while the person's fumbling through the old testament trying to find the reading for the day and give enough time to to kind of sort that out or something like that you know it's it's not a it's not a a, a place or or a time waster this is in that moment of the fossil the drawing our attention onto god what does god do when we put our eyes on him he gives us peace so let's not lose sight of that
0: you've just finished listening to another public episode of enacting the kingdom. If you're getting value from this podcast and you'd like to support the show, you can head over to pryingpriest.com to become a patron. Also five-star ratings with written reviews go a long way to getting the word out there about this show. Also, since enacting the kingdom is social media free, any word of mouth recommendations you can make to your friends and family would be greatly appreciated. We'll see you next time.